This is Helping of Happiness, episode number 176. Today we have on Brent Beck from Grandpa Beck Games, and he is going to tell us the greatest games for gatherings. Such a fun topic for these holiday seasons as we're trying to get together with more family and friends. And I hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. I'm super pumped for you guys to hear our friend. We've got Brent Beck. In my family, we refer to Brent as Grandpa Beck because of his games. And we love, love, love our Grandpa Beck games. I think we have all of them except for maybe the, um, we don't have the new one with the crumble cookies. We need to get that one. And I know you have another one coming out, but we'll talk about that in a minute. But before we get into all of this stuff, let's get to know Brent Beck. Brent, will you tell us a little bit about you and your family to start us off? I grew up as a fourth of six boys in my family. My dad was a school teacher. We lived just near the SeaTac Airport. Um, and I, I'm a very, you know, nuclear family, normal, you know, working class kind of uh, family. Um, um, but five brothers and, um, you know, small house. Uh, we had a, probably a, I don't know, 1200 square foot house or, with a basement that we all they lived in one bathroom, you know. So we, we were just a regular. 1960s. Uh, I was born in 56, so um, just to, you know, grew up in the 60s and 70s, and um, just a normal guy. Um, got um, a bit mission. I came back, worked for a year in the shipyards, uh, decided after lots of thought to become an airline pilot, uh, because I lived by the airport and saw the planes flying over, figured someone's got to fly those planes, and it sounds like more fun than than uh, other things. Um, took me about 10 years to get the education and the flight training and the experience before I got hired at Alaska Airlines and then worked there for 33 years and retired two years ago when I turned 65 and became too old to be trusted with an airplane in my hand. Um, <laughs> um, but when, along the way, um, we've, I, my wife and I got married on my 25th birthday and we um, had a baby 10 months later and four more kids after that. And we worked hard for a long time together um, you know, to try and establish ourselves in life. And uh, now our, those five kids are married. We have uh, 19 grandkids with the, with the number 20 on the way. Um, we've had a really um, crazy, fun life of, of setting goals and working towards them and just, you know, just moving along in life, but um, trying to have some fun along the way. And, and we're blessed with that our kids and our grandkids are all um, happy and unified and, and um, pursuing goals and achieving them and, and, and being good people. So we're blessed that way. Love it. Well, and I love your daughter, hot mess, Heidi Roby. We had on here a little, a couple of years ago now, and she's just fantastic online, very uplifting. So I'm sure she gets a lot of that from you and your wife and raising her in a great way. And, um, she's just really great. If our listeners haven't heard that episode, go back and listen to that. Cause she's just inspiring and just got a lot of joy. And I, I, I just really enjoy her a lot. Yeah, she's been a, been a joy her whole life. Uh, even when she was like uh, one in a shopping cart at the grocery store, she'd be reaching out and waving to everybody. She's very, she's very <laughs> outgoing. Like, um, uh, I can totally see her doing that. <laughs> I have one like that. He'll talk to anybody. He'll talk to the wall if he wants to. But yeah, that's, I mean, friendly. Always gathered lots of friends all around because they're just yeah, so happy. Definitely, definitely a connector and, um, oh. and a, a other centered person. She's uh, She's just a joy. Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, let's talk a little bit about Grandpa Beck Games. Let's, you know, how did it start? Get us back to the beginning because you're a pilot. So, you know, that's a very different kind of thing you've got going on when you're 
when you're talking about doing family games to play. So let's talk about this a little bit. Yeah, it is a kind of an odd thing, but 20 years ago or so, the airlines were having a hard time at the draft recession, um, laying a lot of people off, canceling pensions, uh, going through bankruptcies. And, and uh, I had done a couple of real estate things, you know, before that, but that was kind of a downtime for real estate. And so um, we had an idea for, to take it one old card game that we, that our daughter taught us from her, her friends had learned and and it was it was a face card game but we it was the origination of the golf game you play the face cards and and we had to remember like the queen was a minus two and the king was a zero whatever and and it was we played it for a long time and i had a good time but it, i thought it was so much better if it was illustrated and optimized and and custom cards and 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 things that was the impetus of the idea was to improve this one game make it better and sell that game and just make a little extra maybe someday to help out with retirement in case I lost a pension or something in the future. Uh, so that was the genesis of the, of the idea. Um, of course, it took me years to get how to figure out something to get illustrated and published. And, and then we had a problem with the guy who we were working with kind of um, his business failed, which affected our ability to sell with him. And just one thing after the other, and it was, you know, uh, we had a couple print runs that were defective and just every kind of problem you could have. Um, but we were persistent. We, we believed that it could be a good thing. We uh, came up with the concept um, for a second game, and then we launched those two games together in 2011. Okay, so what were your first two games? So your first two games were, was it the golf game? Golf and Cover Your Assets. We, okay. We, we had launched those together, and we branded them as Graphbex games and made them look consistent uh, together. So we had a brand initially, uh, but golf has been uh, – is involved into gnoming around now. Uh, yes, a little, we love a little more that. Thematic. So it's, I should have listened to my wife in the beginning and made it more unique, but um, I was kind of stuck in the golf theme, but she says we should make it different in the first place. But I, I came around finally to, to have. <laughs> well, it just gave you one to start with, right? You got to get the ball rolling somewhere, right? So, but it was, it was, it was a good game, but it's done much better as uh, gnoming around than it had as um, graphics golf. Um, but there's a lot of, things that went into that the the company name actually um uh, took us three tries to get um certified uh by the trademark process and uh the, the name graphic bex game was the third choice but in the end it was the best possible name because it made it personal instead of being um it was going to be called fun time games which was a nice name but it wouldn't have any connection with us personally uh but when it became graphic bex games because by being personal is more trademarkable. Um, then it made it so we could have a real connection with people. And it really created the whole concept of us being a family business that is reaching out to other families and really connecting with people with my phone number in all the boxes and my, my little image on the, in the boxes and a picture of us with the grandkids inside of the recipe card and all those things became much more personal. And for us, uh, much more fulfilling because we made it um, uh, something related to us that was not just generic. No, I, for me personally, I feel like that was a big connector for us. We felt like, okay, this is another family that is doing this with their kids. Oh, this grab a bet, kids, you could call him and ask him questions on his game if you want. You know, we haven't yet. Maybe we should have before I did this podcast, but, but it, it really is great. And as a family, you know, part of helping of happiness, a big chunk of it is our family recipes. So getting those recipes in there just made it even more fun because we love to have make family game night, have something to eat while we're playing. It just kind of makes it a little better if the kids are fighting about who won to have a little chocolate chip cookie or something sweet to go down with it. Doesn't make the loser feel quite so sad, right? Yeah. Uh, it's really more about the experience than about winning or losing. It's more about the time together. 
And my wife had the idea of, of a recipe um, and it's evolved into becoming kind of a collectible recipe card and, and uh, a fun uh, illustrated card now in each game. And it really um, it's just a, a real genuine thing that we, our, our family has always been about partying and eating and, and entertaining and having guests over. So it's very central to our, our social life. And, and uh, you know, it's, um, we, want, we just like to make experiences as a family. I love that. Well, and I think it is an extension of you just opening up your home to other people, right? If you can give them the gift of playing this game and doing these recipes, it's not like you can have everyone in the world in your living room doing this with you, but it's your way of sharing that piece of your family with everyone around the world, which I think is just really an awesome opportunity and neat thing that you're doing for everybody. Well, for each family that has another family or or some friends over to visit, that's that's a connection made. Uh, mm -hmm. I have a kind of a relationship paradigm where you go from friend, acquaintances to friends to having someone in your home. That's just a, a big step up in that relationship paradigm. And it, it makes you go from an acquaintance to a friend pretty quick when you when you have them in your home and you share some food and you have, have a good time. Yeah, I love that. So tell me about like playing games in your family growing up. Did you guys have like for us, it's usually Sundays. On Sunday night, we usually have game night. Did you have like a set night? Were you just kind of playing them all the time? Or, you know, how, how did that game playing look in your family? Well, for me, it's a long time ago when I was a kid. So some of the details are fuzzy. But um, my dad was almost always working a lot um, to make extra money and stuff, working side jobs and things on top of being a school teacher. But my mom and brother, my brothers and I would, would play the classic games, um, you know, Uno and, and um, Pip and phase 10 and sorry and parcheesi and um uh risk some of those kind of you know uh, games that were were classics um and we played them a lot and um some of my older brothers weren't into it as much but um but i really enjoyed it and uh and it became a tradition for me whether i was um with my own friends or with our kids later it, it, we were you know poor so um having another couple over and letting the little kids watch a little video uh, while the, while we played a card game with another couple um, was a, a way to have a nice evening without it costing a lot of money. Yeah, I love that. I feel like that's a lot of what we did in college. We'd get together with, at that time, my new in-laws, brothers and sister-in-laws, and we'd play dice games and everything else. And it was just always super fun. I love that. So what is your biggest thing? So why do you think playing games as a family is just so important? It's those connections, I'm sure, is what you were just talking about. Well, it's always been a, a good way to to spend some time together and to and to interact, learn how to how to win well, how to lose well. Yes, There's some strategy involved. Um, those are always good things, but it's become much more important. I think the last um, twenty years now that technology is such a distraction. Uh, everyone has a movie theater in their home. Everyone has a movie theater on their watch, on their phone. I mean, <laughs> yes. Everybody has a, a, a thousand friends that don't have any connection to them that they could hang out with. Um, we were having, we had a game night with one of my wife's cousins and her husband and another couple uh, a couple of years ago. And we were having this great time around the game table. But one of their nieces was sitting with her legs up in the back of the couch, you know, um, on her phone the whole two hours we were playing games, um, missing the chance to, to get to know her uncles or her aunts or or these guests because she was absorbed with whatever was on the phone. And I, I mean, I, I enjoy technology as much as the next guy, as long as I don't have to actually input the data or anything. You know, but I'm not, I'm not a programmer. 
don't like that kind of technology. But uh, as far as uh, the access of um, of stuff, I'm you know I'm like anybody else. But but when you take times and put that away and you interact, um, uh, you learn a lot about people when you're playing a game, and it just makes a. And of course, it's good to just sit around and talk, which is good too. But the game is kind of it can it can break the ice. It can it can get people interacting and and uh, exchanging things, and you kind of learn about people. If you if you play a game with somebody and they're a jerk the whole time, then you probably don't want to marry them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's it can be a, a useful way to, to see somebody um, in a situation that might be trying at moments along the way. Um, so we no, I, I find it to be a, a productive way to spend some time, and I. Um, and we do lots of other, other kinds of uh, group games and things that I really enjoy doing. Um, um, so it's not all card games, but I like card games because they're fresh every time you play them. It's, it's not like a, uh, a complicated board game where there's a lot of setup, a lot of time. And it's also not, uh, it's more fresh with the card games are shuffled and it's a, a fresh uh, situation every time. Yeah, I like that too. I. I think that's one reason I get pulled to your game so much more than my kids who want to play Monopoly or something for hours on end, right? I feel like it's doable to do a, a card game, but it doesn't like cover your assets or, you know, Reign of the Dragoness. We love that one too for the for those quick ones. Even Antiqu- I don't know, we love all of them. Antiquity Quest, they're all good. Skull King's my ultimate favorite, but you know, all You're of them. Kind. There's just so many. Do you have a favorite? Which one's your favorite? Um. Again, I love them all for different reasons and with different um, with different audiences. Um, but certainly, skulking is a favorite. That um, when I'm not developing and practicing a game for testing it out, and when I'm not trying to teach somebody something who doesn't know it, so I'm with people who who are who are um, you know kind of careful players, and there's quite a bit of competition. Then um, skulking is definitely a favorite, and it's um, I I love the fact that you can be behind and catch up, and then sometimes you yes. go for it. But, uh, it's a it's a a game that I've played hundreds of times over a decade, and I I still enjoy playing it every time. And uh, but I we had friends the other day with us, and we played Antiquity Quest, and we played Noming Around, and we played uh, Dragon S. We played a brand new game, which I which is coming out next week or so um, that I can play about later. Okay, so. yes, I, we definitely want to talk about that. And I've been on <laughs> your Instagram text where I'm getting the updates of where it is along the road, so I'm really oh, good, excited good. about that one. You're very kind. Well, let's talk about that now. While we're talking about, let's just talk about it. this game that's coming out. Tell me the name of it again. The game number ten will be here. Uh, it the ship probably arrived uh, today or yesterday, and it'll have to make its way across the. Has to get off the ship, onto the train, out to Chicago, off the train, onto a truck, and delivered to our to the warehouse we hire in Chicago. Uh, so it, there's some steps along the way, but it's a uh, it's moving along. And uh, this game is called Toil and Troubles with a Z. Um, this is the first game that was not one that came uh, from within our family. So it's a kind of a groundbreaking thing that this is a, we were there's an annual meeting in Essen, Germany, which happens in two weeks uh, again in October uh, where manufacturers from around the world meet. Um, and uh, it's kind of a consumer show, but also all the businesses are there as well. There's a company in the Czech Republic called Aldi that uh, had made a game called Troubles, which had kind of a zombie theme. Uh, for release in their country and had done well. And so they gave us a, a sample to see if we wanted to bring it back and, and localize it for the um, U.S. and English-speaking market. But the zombie theme, some of the action cards were like a, a bloody uh, fire axe and a, and a sawed-off shotgun and stuff. It was all cartoonized, but it was still, I thought maybe the, the guns and axes were maybe not quite the American um, uh, a little thing at the moment. <laughs> it was all very, all very whimsical, but... Um, still a little bit uh, violent so we 
we got permission to retheme it uh, with a magic, kind of a, a lightweight magical theme. Um, and our artist knocked it out of the park as far as the illustrations, both of the box and of the cards. Uh, but because the mechanic was known, not one we had to create and test out ourselves, that allowed us to be able to, to adopt it quickly. And, and um, the number of illustrations was not as large as, as uh, the next game is going to come out, which has like over 100 illustrations. But um, this one only has a, a dozen or so uh, different cards. Um, so it went pretty quick. And, and I, just, I think it's one of our, our most uh, beautiful games. Uh, the play is very unique. We played it with uh, three different couples while we we're doing vacations and travels and things the last few weeks. And everybody um, loves it. It's very unique and it, it's easy to learn. Just the perfect combination for our kind of games where we want it to be engaging and interesting, but easy to learn and replayable infinitely. And uh, this ha game has a, a really interesting dynamic where uh, you can do the mechanic of laying out the cards. And there's no cards in your hand. They're all coming from laying them out from the, from the deck. But you can um, go and keep building this um, uh, these possible setups of cards, and uh, you can stop whenever you want to and take cards. But if you if you can go a little longer, you might get more cards you can take. But then if the card doesn't work, if you can't play it for one of uh, three reasons or so, then then you're, you're you don't get any cards, and everybody else gets a card. And so uh, there's an incentive to to keep trying, but also an incentive to stop. And if you go that one more card, thinking you need to get another opportunity to build. What you can collect, then you you get zonked sort of, and uh, so it's um it's very um interesting but uh, not heavy, um, uh, beautifully illustrated. I, I'm really happy with it. I I I just um we love uh, our artist April Stott who um, is oh, the creator. Of the all your games are beautiful. I love all of the. They're just so 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 very well done. Yeah, in the '70s, you know, Uno and Face Ten, everything was just colors and numbers, and that works for the game. Most of our games could be just colors and numbers, uh, but the theme and the beauty of them and the depth of, of art that, that we include um, um, is a hallmark. And it's not because I have any art skills. Only thing I can draw is a card from a deck, you know, but, um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but April is a, just a gift and, uh, and a friend and, a, and a part of our family and, and uh, essential to our, our little business effort. Well, she does a really great job. I think that's one reason why we keep coming back to your games because they just they look fun. They are fun, just all around. The whole package has been so good. For but those game of number us, eleven, we'll be out in. We have oh. game number eleven coming in uh, January. It's already okay. submitted to the printer. So tell me about eleven. This one we've been working on for like this is like the opposite of quick. Um, this one we've been working on for um, six years at least. Um, oh my um, goodness! And. Uh, but it's really cool, uh, and it's super on target for um, considering some recent uh, movies and things because it has a fun 70s and 80s theme of art. Um, uh, it's called Another Man's Treasure. It's all these uh, things that people had in their homes in the 70s and 80s, and now no one has anymore, but everyone had in the 70s and 80s, and you're trying to um, uh, organize them into sets, and you're fighting over ones that are on top of the discard pile and things. And that's, uh, it's very, very fun, very interactive. It has a bit of a rummy theme, um, rummy play mechanic to it. But the illustrations are just so um, um, interesting and the play is is, is a really solid game. And uh, so we're really happy to have this one um, coming out in January. Oh, that's so fun. And well, it sounds very nostalgic too. If it's got a bunch of stuff from the seventies and eighties, I'm sure that- Not only really that, fun. but each, each of the cards have little uh, kind of, um, 
one-liner uh, tagline jokes that our, our young middle son Jeff came up with. Same one who made Antiquity. Sorry, same one who made Cover Your Kingdom. All the little okay. puns and. We love the cards on that. My kids think the the unicorn with the toilet paper roll on its head. That's unicorn, like um, the unicorn. Um, <laughs> yeah, the unicorn. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff came up with all those characters along with April. The two of them collaborated on that one, and he did all the. Um, my Tony, Tony, my wife Tony, and April came up with the items for the thing. But Jeff kind of came up with all the little puns that kind of tie together the storyline and the puns about uh, things. It's it's kind of framed after. Um, a couple that's retiring and is getting giving up trying to give all the stuff to their kids. Um, uh, it's named it's kind of patterned after my wife's wife's folks, and um, so little puns are in there about um, uh, all these little things interacting. And so, um, uh, so people, especially when you have a you know a person from our generation playing with younger kids or people who remember the seventies days playing with someone younger, and so so it's so um, reminiscent. There's like a ninety three different uh, illustrated things from the past. Oh, wow. and, and it's very clever, and it's um, uh, people really get a kick out of the look of it. And with this, with the '70s type things being popular now, uh, you know, uh, uh, celebrating looking back at the '70s, this is definitely a, has a '70s vibe to it. Oh, that's so fun! Oh, I can't wait. That's going to be so. That's going to be so great. So, one of my biggest fans of your games is actually my six-year-old. He plays all of them, and he has for like since he could do cards. He's been playing him and he beats me like he actually knows how to do this and he's so good at it so his birthday is coming up in february so i'm sure that that is going to be one that would be really fun to to be getting well, for that's him. great well uh give me an address and i'll send him one so oh um... my gosh he would <laughs> he would love it he would love it i can't tell you how many times we played cover your assets his preschool year before kindergarten every single day we played at least two or three of your games he just loves them so I, I love it. I love that they can be for adults. It can be for kids. It can be for everyone. So I think that really is the, um, you know, some, we, we go to these, some of these game conventions where it's really designed for the, you know, 18 to 30 year old men to play these, um, these uh, board games that um, take four hours and you have to remember all the characteristics of the orgs and the whatever kind of things. And, um, but our games are really meant to be, um, you know, kind of uh, not so hard to learn. But something you want to play over and over again, and we love it when people send in pictures of of the grandma, mom, and the kids playing together, and the fact that the three generations are are connecting together. That's uh, one of my favorite things to see. Yeah, it's really special. I love that. Okay, so for people that aren't take doing this, spending time as a family playing games, and don't have this tradition started, how how what are some ideas that you might have for how they can start getting into these habits or these routines or these gatherings to play games together? Well, the good thing is that we consider uh, many of our games to be a, a gateway game, like uh, Cover Your Assets is definitely a gateway game that can get someone who doesn't think they like games. Like the very first convention we went to, there was four gals that came by our booth. It was a, it was a convention for retail store owners. And these gals said, oh, we really don't like games. Uh, but we had a little table. We had them try a few minutes of Cover Your Assets. And they go, oh, we like this game. Uh, because in their mind, a game had to be difficult and long and arduous and um, hard to learn. But because in a minute, they could be having fun together and laughing as they collected the sets of assets, all of a sudden it became something they could like. So the first thing is that our games are not, they're accessible. Uh, secondly, each game has a, a clever little three to five minute how to play video. So you can see the game being played. And you don't have to imagine how does it actually work? You know, I mean, yes. I remember... I love those ago, videos. 
I bought a, a game, which is not a, I mean, it's a well-known card game, but the way the rules were with a white sheet of paper with no illustrations. And I just didn't quite get it. So I never played it. You know, um, we don't want anybody to, to not succeed in adopting the game because they don't quite get the rules. And so if they watch the video and now there's lots of other ones, you know, pe people, different people post how to play videos, they can get the basic idea from a video. And then if they get stuck, they can call me on the phone or send me a text and, uh, um, but I do appreciate when they watch the video first, so they have some idea. Yeah, watch the video and read the directions before you call me. <laughs> and we have to frequently ask questions, so it's really very accessible. But the main thing is just to decide, uh, make a decision that you're going to turn off the TV and sit down with someone you care about or someone you don't know. Um, I remember at the very first year we did um, gift shows and things, we were at a gift show in Tacoma, and a woman came by and said, she was, I was talking to her, maybe she was in a, maybe she was 60 or something. I said, uh, hey, have some friends over and 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 play games. She goes, I don't have any friends. I mean, I, I, it was 10 years ago. I still remember this lady saying she had no friends. I'm thinking, have some people over. You don't, they don't know. Make a friend. Make, make some <laughs> make some cookies and and play a game and you'll have six friends, you know. Um, but um, I just can't get over the fact that someone could be 60 and not have any friends. That's um sad. So it is very sad. This is a, and this is a nice, easy way to make friends. I, and I think it would be now you've got my brain going when you're talking about your themes of your games. How fun would it be to have a pirate night and play skulking or, you know, like I mean, yeah. we have so many different fun ones, you know, gnoming around and the bears and the bees. My kids love the bears and the bees. It would be a really cute little even if you did that for a kid's birthday party, you know, the little bees and the honey or whatever. Well, I've had kids, um, families or kids um, message me. Uh, um, several times where they're having a grandpa beck's birthday and they they make all the all the different recipes and they have oh, all, the all the all the all the games hanging up you know as, as decorations and and it's the whole grandpa beck's uh, game night and i've had lots of pictures sent to me around halloween where uh groups will all dress up as the different pirates and in, in skulking and they they dress up exactly to fit the theme of each uh, card and um it's pretty fun to see people get that into it, you know, when they really kind of um, act out our, 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 our dream and, and, you know, things like that. So it's pretty fun. That is so cool. I love that. Oh man, this is just going to be so fun doing now. It's your interviews inspiring me in all ways in my life. It's going to be so awesome. So what is your favorite Grandpa Beck game? Uh, I think I mentioned that the, when I playing just for a comp competition and, and just for strictly uh, relaxing, uh, skulking is often the favorite. Skulk. Okay, so it is. I didn't know if you were just saying that because I said that. <laughs> but I, I, I really have been enjoying um, Toil and Troubles. We've been playing that with everybody we go out with uh, recently, and uh, it's unique. Um, but I, you know, I still um, love a, um, a raucous game of cover your assets, and I, I like the speed elements of Nuts About Mutts because you can match and run yeah. and play, and I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good about. You get my my card down quickly and, uh, and yes, I'm, or slapping uh, that bone thing and yeah. No, some my, my kids it. love that one. That one's a big favorite for my younger kids, especially. They really like the illustrations of the dogs and everything on there. They love those. But it's challenging for adults because if you're not paying attention, you lose. Oh, uh, and they're really smart, and they are paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't just be a uh, you know looking at your phone playing that game because if so, you're gonna. Never going to go out first. But, uh. <laughs> you end up with a lot of cards. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, so we talked about your recipes just a bit. Do you have a favorite recipe in the recipes that have been in the different games? Um, the um, Crispix Crunch that um, 
uh, was the first one. It was in the golf games. Now I know I'm around. It's um, it's uh, it's pretty um, uh, it's it's almost so so good that it's bad because <laughs> you, you can't it's stop like eating a, it. It's what is it like? Um, what was a what was a uh, maybe uh, the camp championships? You can't eat just one. You know, you can't eat just one handful of uh, of Crispix Crunch. But it's a it's a pretty awesome snack food. Um, um, and so that's that's definitely a favorite. The uh, the Crete, the cheesy dip uh, has been a favorite over the years. That's in the and in cover assets because we a lot of times would make up that. Um, it's the only way I like Velveeta, <laughs> right? For the dip. <laughs> but with Velveeta and some chilies and some and some uh, uh, chili without beans, um, uh, it makes a pretty cheesy dip, you know. And it's um, uh, you know you get a good uh, chip and a good dip. It's um, I know um, those simple ones are party. sometimes the best yeah. ones. I love it. Yeah. And they're you're more apt to make it if it's easy to make, right? Yeah, it's pretty much uh, three ingredients, and you melt it up, you know, and um, and uh, eat it before it gets too hot, too cool, you know. So it, uh... oh, love that. <laughs> oh, so fun! I I'm excited. I haven't tried all of the recipes in there. I, maybe that should be another fun gathering. Okay, everybody, make your Grandpa Beck recipe and bring it and have game night. That would be super fun. People do that sometimes, and um, we get a kick out of it because when people tell us that they really are investing their thought process and they're you know just getting excited about the costumes or the recipes uh adding to the experience and or i'll meet someone who says i grew up playing cover assets and i'm thinking wow that's a part of a person's uh, life experience you know um, yeah. and uh i mean it's been a lot of years for me but you know I, I was already grown up when i started doing it but um um but it's it's a it's a, it's just a fun thing to be a part of people's lives in a little way and to mostly see that they feel like they're People, some people get emotional talking about the benefit the games have been to them during the pandemic or something where they have a, maybe they have a special needs child who won't interact much, but that'll play cover your assets, uh, things like that. Um, um, from the very first um, year we were selling games, a woman called up and she had to come over and buy some golf games um, for her KOA store because she had a 17 year old son who would always be in his room with a computer. But when he started playing golf with her, you know, the very early stages, all of a sudden, every night when she got home, he wanted to play the game with her. And they went from no relationship to a relationship because of this game. And she was just, you know, she was just so thrilled that, I mean, she had this like the last year before he went off on his own life and they developed a relationship. Mm. That's really amazing. What a neat thing that something as simple as a game can bring people together like that. And it's, I just appreciate that it's something besides technology, it's something where we're going to be interacting, like you said, and getting away from our screens and doing it in such a fun way. I think it's just awesome. We, um, you know, it's like, there's a lot of big things in the world and we're a small thing, but, um, but life is mostly sometimes mostly about the small things, uh, the, the, the personal interactions, the day-to-day -day things, the, the conversations, the, um, the listening um, um, that you do, the, the words you say, those are the really bigger things than the things around the world that you can't control. So before we started recording, you were telling me how you kind of went into making these games, not even having kind of any background on making games and how you just kind of grew into it. Will you tell tell that a little bit here on the podcast? Yeah, I, I mean, I, when I went to college, I just had to get a degree because um, of the fact that I need one to be to qualify to get an interview with an airline someday. And I was working all the time when I was going to school. So I just ended up just getting a degree in psychology, which is a good, good enough degree. But but uh, it wasn't really specific towards a job. It, it fulfilled the requirement for a 
a four-year degree and those available night school classes when I had to finish up my degree when I was working full-time. Uh, so I had no business background. I really no business thinking I can have a business, but, um, um, but um, I'm the kind of person who, if I get an idea, um, even though I don't know how I can do it, I'm, I'm willing to try. And, uh, and then once I get going, I'm willing to continue. I, I don't have a lot of skills, but persistence is the, probably the one skill that I, that I, I best have is that I'm going to be, I'm going to stick with whatever I start. Um, and whether it was trying to become an airline pilot or try to build a home or other things that I've done in my life, um, I didn't know the end from the beginning. I didn't know how hard it was going to be. So uh, that's how it was with the game business. Um, we thought we might like to do this one game, the, the face card game as a better concept. Uh, I didn't know how to do it. Um, um, and we had to do a lot of investigation. And the first person we had to work with us was really kind of in the end hard to work with. And in the end, his promises to be able to sell the game after we made it uh, fell apart. And then we had this game and no place to sell it. Uh, and we had two um, print runs that were kind of defective that could have dissuaded us from starting over and we would have, could have cut our losses and, and been done, but we, we persisted. And the end, uh, persistence pays off. And, and in spite of thousands of new games being made every year, um, we've made a little niche and we have a little following of, and we sell like half a million games a year now. And, uh, we have cover like a skulking is in eight languages currently in the wow. world. It'll be, it'll be in, um, uh, four or five more this year and we're getting it's a global game now and um and cover assets is going along with it and and we have um interesting things going on around the world and so it's a it's gone from a from a silly little idea to become a, a interesting um thing out there a full-on business to take care of when you're retired that's amazing yeah we, we passed the, the two million games sold mark um this summer and it's um and it's engaging because here I am, I'm 67 years old. And instead of just living on a fixed income, I have this, this um, great team we work with. It's really not me as much as it is my, my wife and, and my our, some of our kids and our artists and some other people we've, we've hired. Uh, it's really a great team that we work together remotely. None of us live in the same um, place except for one, uh, one employee uh, lives on the same island we do. Um, but it really is a great team and we're all just uh, having a good time together. And, and that's been uh I'm really uh, just kind of a coordinator and cheerleader now. I'm not really the the uh, one who does everything. I'm I'm just you know part of a of a nice team. Uh, but it's been a blessing. I I feel very engaged and enthused and and um, you know busy, but in a good way. Um, so it's a it's an interesting part of life. And and the best part is the chance that I get to interact with people in in a personal way because of the connection we have of being a of Graphic Bex Games instead of you know a generic company name. And it's so it, it's um it's kind of hard to think about not doing it because it's so personal. I mean, it'd be hard to sell the right. company and and because then I'd still be getting phone calls and it wouldn't be my company. <laughs> so I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> Who are they calling then if they can't call the real grandpa back? <laughs> that's funny. I thought I'd think about that before. But what a legacy you you pass on to your family if they're interested in it or your team. You know, I just think just the simple idea of remaking this game has provided all these jobs and all this happiness for these families. And what a neat thing to that you jumped in on that dream when you didn't know all the hard work ahead of you, but you just did it one step at a time. I think that's a good lesson for all of us is that sometimes those little ideas can become these big, meaningful things that we don't even realize will be in the end. And the best part of it was I, I didn't really start this until my, in my 50s when our kids were all out of the house. So when we had to travel, we'd go, for the last 
12 years we've gone to about six or eight uh, different conventions or, or, or different shows and you know at our, our, during our time off and whatever so a lot of our vacation time has been eaten up with going to all these conventions and all of it. so but I did that when the kids were out of the house so we didn't we weren't, weren't taken away from family time by being away from them and leaving them uh, for all this so the timing was good and so I didn't feel like I was had to, had to be a derelict dad by doing uh, a side business um, uh, they could be and now we get to engage those same kids uh, like there was an event the youngest son who was the last one to be at home he and his wife went to Utah uh, from Idaho Monday night to have a, a game night with all the desert book owner store managers. Uh, and I was busy because my wife was having an event the next day. To, uh, that day I had to support at home. Um, and so the, my youngest son and his wife flew down there, did the event and came back and had a real good time. And uh, so they get to be engaged in, in a fun thing. Um, and I got to be home helping out with my wife's um, social event that she had that I needed to help her out with. So great. Well, and I love that it's never too late to go for a dream, right? When you're in your fifties, a lot of people would think, oh, it's too late. You know, it's never too late and you're enjoying it, even though you're retired. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. I'm kind of a, you know, kind of a person who likes to be working on something, not just uh, yeah. uh, sitting around. I like TV, but uh, I like doing other things too. And yeah, keeps by, you doing young. It, by doing it at a later part in life, we, we could kind of self-fund it. We don't have to have any investors pushing us along the way we could kind of do it at our own pace because we could kind of just grow gradually and and progressively instead of having to um have pressure to do something yeah uh, that would put in debt you know a lot to do it yeah that's that's brilliant i love it well let's tell everybody where we can find you and where they can get these awesome games our website is uh on the bottom of the boxes and simple it's grandpapexgames.com um, we have an Amazon store, which we really never would have been successful without Amazon because through Amazon, anybody could find us uh, anywhere and it could be a spontaneous purchase. If, they, if we'd had to have people go find a store, we would never would have caught on as much because we don't have stores everywhere yet. And, mm-hmm. and they're not, I mean, there's a big world. There's a lot of places that location-wise is difficult, but Amazon makes it accessible to everybody. So Amazon has ups and downs, but it, it really did create us an opportunity to to um to grow um and people who see on amazon can buy it anywhere in the world people see it all over the place oh, it's amazing well i love amazon just because i can order it when i'm thinking about it and then i don't have to think about it and it just comes like the next yep. day it's fantastic it's i don't have to go anywhere yeah we we have hundreds of stores though that uh, support us and and we have uh, great international partners in asia and and europe and um um working on connections for better connections in australia and new zealand and uh, other parts of the English-speaking world, but um, we have a, um, you know, some availability easily, and you know we have a UK and Canadian and the Singapore Amazon um, operations, and um, to make it easier for distribution in those areas. So it's these days the world is pretty easily connected, and, and yet getting getting connections for distributors and and this, the amount of work take to get a, to get an item in stores. It took a lot of a lot of time, a lot of effort of, of uh, calling stores and visiting stores and giving samples, and it was not an easy process to get something um, from uh, even after it's published to get it into stores is a really difficult process. Yeah, no, it is. It's a whole other beast. So I think it's amazing that you don't have a business background, but you're figuring all these things out, and I'm sure your team is helpful with those different things you probably surround yourselves with people that are experts in different areas so i think that's amazing yeah, there was a man in our in our ward that uh, was kind of between jobs a couple years ago and 
and had some sales background that we hired. And he's just a super, super, super hire. He's, he's our only one full-time employee, basically. And he he's really uh, running things so well. And he's uh, uh, he's loving it, working from home. And and he really just loves the fact that we're growing around the world. And he coordinates so many things. Just, he just has been a great blessing. And then my, my daughter-in-law, youngest daughter-in-law, she works from home doing a lot of the kind of little business tasks for shipping and some of the tax related things and stuff that I don't want to deal with. Um, oh, uh, bless. <laughs> so, so she's, she's more patient. I'm sometimes a um, hard worker, but I get frustrated with things like taxes and, stuff, and accounting and stuff. So I'm grateful I have an accountant. I'm grateful somebody else helping out with taxes and stuff. It's well, not my and it thing. leaves you opportunities to be more creative and work on that part of the business. So I think that that's great. I love that. Yeah, our, my, our youngest son, uh, designed the concepts with two of the games and our middle son designed the concept of three of the games. And uh, another game that'll be out early next year is a game that actually one of my nieces has been working on for like eight years. And it's a really creative game. And, and she's worked with her for eight years and it's, and it's coming together where that's going to be the next game um, for next summer. Um, and uh, so it's a really not, it's not all me. I'm just kind of a kind of thing going on here, but um, we have a lot of good input from people to help us out. And each person who, provides the game concept and get a little bit of a royalty on it. And, and um, so they get a reward for coming up with the creativity and the kids are all 5% shareholders, even though they, if they work at the company or not, you know, so they get a chance to uh, cheerlead the company, even if they are working in another career. That's so great. Well, and I love that it really is a family business. I mean, you're getting input from all of the family. That's great. And then you can test out all the games playing with your family. It's really fun. Was there anything else that you wanted to share that I missed? Um, no, I think uh, as you, as I said before, and I'm kind of a, I'm a talker. I sometimes talk too much, but uh, good thing you have an edit about it. You, you can edit <laughs> I the love it. I love all the talking. <laughs> it's so fun to learn about you. It's so fun. I've, I've really enjoyed it. And like I said, we just love your games in the show notes. I'm going to link up to your website and to your different social channels that you have. And definitely, to all the different games. I'm going to have a little recipe list of the things that we love to eat when we play your games. And so I think this is going to be a really fun little, little show notes resource for people that are listening, especially going into the holidays when I feel like we're all gathering a little bit more, having yeah, a little more um, time together. Gotta love my wife has been super good at, at uh, building family traditions and making holidays special. And, and, and we always were super big on having people over and we still do. Um, we love to to have people over and gather, and and but you know, and then always along with that goes some kind of food. You know, it's kind of food, folks, and fun, like McDonald's said. So love it. <laughs> <laughs> Grab that slogan. Well, awesome. Okay, well, I have three helpful and happy questions. Do you have a few minutes to answer these? Certainly. Okay, so I like to talk about these because in on Helping of Happiness, our blog, we talk about family recipes, we talk about family travel, and we talk about just home and family hacks, things that kind of make things a little easier in our in our family. So our first question is, what is your favorite food or meal? Well, I'll take out desserts because that's, <laughs> that's not really <laughs> too hard to pick. How do you pick? <laughs> well, no. I'm certainly, if I was, I mean, if just for pleasure, I'd probably eat dessert all the time, but that's not the best thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I think my favorite food lately that I really uh, enjoy is a, uh, a good quality uh, beef filet cooked mm. super well. Um, and we use a uh, sous vide. Have you tried sous vide yet? No. Um, tell me about this. 
Um, sous vide is the way to get the perfect steak. Um, what you do is the sous vide is a, is a, it's like a water bath, has a, a probe that goes down in the water and it circulates the water temperature. Uh, and like for a, a medium rare steak, that's 129 degrees that it wants to be at. So you, you seal the filet in a, you know, with a Ziploc or with a, uh, even better with a vacuum sealer. And you put the filets uh, already seasoned in this um, water bath, um, sealed up, you know, so they don't, so water touching them. And the, you, and you can leave them there for a couple hours and the, the meat is cooked perfectly all the way through to do exactly the medium rare temperature. And then you pop it out of the bags and you sear it for like a minute on each side to give it a nice, a nice uh, sear. And it's perfect. It's a, it's the exact temperature that you want to be at all the way through. It's a perfect steak. Um, amazing. And, I've never heard of this. That's amazing. Well, a lot of restaurants do it because they can have one set for um, medium rare and then one set for medium where they can just sear it a little bit longer. You can always make a steak overcooked. That's not hard. But to get a steak that's perfectly <laughs> cooked, that's exactly. Uh, and I mean, I've, I've done some good. I've done some really good ceviches on on barbecues and on the Traeger and and uh, grills and things. Uh, and maybe when you do the, on the on the barbecue, then you finish it in the oven like they do on shop and stuff. A good filet where, see, if I cook a steak that's uh, a filet, and if you have to use anything more than a standard kitchen table knife to cut it, then I failed. You know, you should, you should not okay. need a steak knife for a steak. You know, just your standard um, butter knife should cut through the filet. And it's, that's a, it's just, um, it's all just, and there's no, no wasted fat. Like you, you know, you get a, a steak with a lot of, you know, uh, marbling stuff, any lost fat you got to throw away, but the filet is all, it's all perfect meat. You know, wow. it's, um, cook up some, some asparagus just right where it's not overcooked mm. and some, some nice, uh, maybe some, uh, chopped up potatoes that are seasoned well and cooked. Um, that's a, that's a dinner for me. Oh, that sounds good. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. Number two, what's the best trip you've ever been on or a dream vacation? Well, I have a lot of fun memories, but I'm going to go back to the bike. One of my first memories of a, of a, of a vacation. When I was um, a preschool kid, our advisor was from Hawaii. His parents oh. lived there. Um, and we did some fundraisers. But then just three of us went on this trip to Hawaii for a week. Um, my brother and I and, a, and, a, and another guy. And so we went over to our advisor's dad's house in Honolulu. He lived on this hill, on this, on this really cool house on top of a hill overlooking the city. It had like three-inch shag white carpets and and oh and gosh. and he paid for everything all the trips we did and stuff and our advisor had a sister a younger sister and her her and her two girlfriends took the three of us boys around for the week so it's the six of us in a station wagon um with these uh, local girls showing us around um and we didn't take pictures and we just played local and uh for a 16 year old 15 year old who had never gone anywhere to go and have this trip to hawaii for a week it was a pretty pretty ideal. It was the first time I'd been on a plane that kind of inspired wow. me towards uh, being a pilot to have that first flying experience uh, years before I would have before I went on my mission or whatever. But um, but that was a it's a pretty fun first trip to go to Hawaii in that situation and uh, and to have it be such a kind of a, a different thing than me growing up, never really going to any place uh, yeah. you know wild you know. So it's pretty cool advisor. I still keep in touch with him. He's a he's a, still a friend. Oh, that's like, so cool. What a neat thing. I mean, that just launched your, your life being a pioneer. That's, that's so much fun. And what a neat thing to see that local culture when you didn't just do the touristy things, you went around with the locals. That's, oh, I love that. His, his dad was pretty cool. And, and, the, and Mike, the our advisor, he's just a, just such a, a warm, he was the kind of guy where when I was 
you know, in the, that quorum, I would just go over and sit down and talk to him and his wife at the kitchen table. He was a, one of those people that was accessible and would just sit and listen to mm-hmm. me. And, and I'm probably talk too much, but, uh, but we've still friends, we're still friends 50 years later. So that's um, so special. Love those connections. Last question. Do you have a home or a family hack for us? A couple things. I would say that um, you really should have game nights, not, not necessarily card game nights, but have, have the kids get together at your house, sit the chairs in a circle and play kind of chair games and uh, in a group setting where it's like maybe 10, 15, 20 kids. Uh, I, I was, when I was um, 15 or 16, there was a couple of girls in our ward that would had parties at the house and they taught me some cart, some group chair games, we call it. I played those games for over 50 years. Um, uh, some of those games that I learned from uh, Jan and Sue's house. Um, and I've been having, hosting parties my whole life using some of those games. And I've had so many, I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people I've played some of these games with. And it's just, doesn't cost anything. There's no equipment required except for a living room or, or some chairs or something. And we did that with our kids. Uh, we hosted parties all the time. We had dances at our house. We, we were the place for the kids to come after the high school dance or prom or solo or game night or whatever. And they'd take pictures and eat food. Um, so make your home the place where people want to come and, and hang out where the kids are at your place every yeah. time there's an activity, not someplace else. And, and that way they bring over their friends or church friends or non-member friends. Uh, and just be the place where, and, and play with the kids. Don't, you don't have to send them off by themselves and play. If you play with them, if you're fun, they're not going to care, you know? So they don't care that you're older. Just if you're, if you're fun, you know, if you're, if you're annoying, they're going to care, but if you're fun, they're going to like it. You know? um, I love that. We, we have about a week every February where we end up having all these ice storms and we get stuck inside. So during the ice storm this last year, we ended up having a bunco game day and we just like scavenged around the house for whatever gift cards that we had that could be prizes and invited whatever neighbors could walk over because no one could drive because the streets were so icy. And it was so much fun. My kids all had a friend and we played. It was it was great. It's so fun to gather and do things like that. We love those um, uh, gift exchange games, you know, the white elephant gift things, things yeah. or, 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 or some of our kids are super creative. And so when we have our, our Christmas gifts change. The kids come up with really creative uh, gifts and um, and really thoughtful gifts that are that are really personal and um, or funny. But we just um, I really believe that um, uh, playing together and and enjoying time together, whether it's I mean, it doesn't have to be at a resort with fancy accommodations. It can be in your front room um, with an old furniture and that's a hand me down uh, or some folding chairs that you that you um, you know, like we got a bunch of our folding chairs. They were at the church. They were getting new chairs. And they had the old ones in a dumpster. Um, and I salvaged them out of the dumpster uh, because <laughs> they were, run over, grab the chairs. <laughs> I got, got permission out there. So we used, we had this big rec room and I had, um, you know, 30 um, folding chairs that they were, they were being thrown away. Um, and that served our purpose for years. You know, occasionally somebody would uh, bounce too hard in one of the chairs playing a game <laughs> the, the leg would fold up but um but they uh they're pretty sturdy chairs those uh those church chairs and um and so it was not fancy but um uh and like for 10 years we were uh we had all the ward firesides at our house and for five years we had had a monthly ysa uh dinners and parties at our house um so we we partied pretty hardy and and um had a lot of fun i love it and you just did it with what you had i think that's great you don't need anything flashy 
It's true. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Brent, for being on. I, I just feel like I've learned so much from you and I'm just inspired to do more playing with my family and gather more friends and encourage my kids to gather their friends. I think this is going to be just a really fun jump into our fall and holiday season, getting a little bit busier gathering together. Yeah, I heard uh, that uh, on the podcast with Heidi that you had a son as a missionary. I'm sure he's back by now. And, and Not quite yet. Kids. He's about half. Well, let's see. I think maybe I had, I probably had someone on a mission then. I have another one probably. on a mission now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Probably the second one. But but I, at that stage of life, as the kids are hitting graduation and moving on, things change pretty quickly. They and do. so you really have to treasure those moments because even though you're still connected to the kids as they become adults, um, they're more distracted from home yes. things that they have college and missions and marriages and lives and all kinds of things. And it's a very dynamic time of life. Um, and there's never any time that's not dynamic when you have a family, but, um, and we're, we're like um, 20 years ahead of you. Uh, so uh, and life is still, you know, busy keeping track of all the grandkids and stuff, but, uh, but it's good times. And that's, that's the joy of having a family life instead of just a individual life, because you have so many people to, to love and care for and connect to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's perfectly said. No, I feel you. I've got a senior this year, so I'm savoring every second. You know how that goes. There, he's going to be off and running next summer. So I gotta, I gotta do as many game nights as I can while I've got him. So. Yep, our oldest granddaughter uh, is in her first year at BYU this year. Um, oh, fun! That was is um, and uh, and a good friends in our ward had their daughter just leave for college as well. So I was talking to her about um how poignant that is to be able to, mm-hmm. you want them. And she, I mean, she went off to Harvard, this girl from the ward. Wow. So it's exciting, but still she's back in Boston and we're Therefore, in Washington. Yeah. Uh, it's long ways away. It's like the most bittersweet thing when your kids are growing up, got a daughter married and a son on a mission. And then this one that's about ready to get going. And there's nothing happier than seeing them grow and become who they need to be. But there's nothing that breaks my heart more than them leaving the house. So it's, you know, yeah. it's, such a those days when we dropped kids off at the MTC and went back to the hotel and we're all teary, you know. Um, oh, um, yeah. You know, um, so when the kids get married, you you love the fact that they've got a new partner, new partner in life. But then you also say, well, I'm I'm a one step removed from that. that yes. Now I have to share you with other people. And I don't love that. I like you home every Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> so it is a it is a part of life. But um, um but you don't want the alternative. You don't. You no. want. You don't want kids living in the basement forever. You know? No, 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 no. We, <laughs> we we want the game time to be fun. We don't need to keep doing the basement thing. Oh gosh. Well, it has just been so fun to get to know you. Thank you very much for taking this time and out of your busy schedule and your time with your family to be here. On Congratulations on your great life and and your um, efforts to to share beautiful things. I'll catch some more of your podcasts and be inspired. Um, and I, I appreciate you reaching out to me. It's been great to yeah. meet you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Hope that you'll go out and grab some of these fun games. And also, if you have not been on our Helping of Happiness YouTube channel, you're going to want to go over there and check that out. We've been working really hard to get between two or three you know, new videos on there almost every week. So there's quite a bit of different food and travel videos on there, especially right now. So go check those out, go learn how to make all the yummy things. And most of the food videos are actually things that are all in our cookbook. So you can get a little peek at what kinds of things you can expect to find in there. If you don't have our cookbook, you definitely want to grab it. 
It's our best ever babysitter cookbook and you can find it on Amazon. We'll have a link in the show notes. Have a fabulous day.